What number is this, Chip? Zilch 63. Annabelle Jones and her new EP LaBelle. Peter Tork interview. Dallas fan gathering. A Texas Prairie chick. Peter Tork for breakfast. And more. <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. And we welcome you back to Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. And today we've got a full lineup, and we'll tell you all about it. But first, I'd like to introduce you to Sarah Clark. Hello, everybody. Sarah's joining me today here at Zilch headquarters. And like I said, we have a full docket, so let's get kicking. Sarah, we are graced by Monkeys Family Royalty today. Yes, we are. You know, one thing you could say about all the, the children of the monkeys is that they've all established themselves and they are indeed in no one's shadow. And here's someone who is casting a pretty big shadow for herself, Annabelle Jones. She has a new EP out called LaBelle, and she was nice enough to zoom into Zilch headquarters, so let's check this out. Awesome. Zilch, a member of the family, Annabelle Jones. How are you doing, dear? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It was such a thrill to have you on the show last time you were on, and we're glad to have you back. And right after we had you on, you were promoting your song Magnetic. Yes. Uh, right after our show came out, you were signed to Atlantic. Is there? That's that's more than a coincidence, right? No, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm going to assume we had all the to do with it, but congratulations for being assigned to Atlanta. It was. It was the podcast which yeah, made that, it all fall into place for me. Yeah, turn the corner for you. <laughs> it had nothing to do with your extreme talent and your your great music, you know. Oh, I love my <laughs> Thank you. But you have a brand new EP out. Would you like to tell yeah. folks about it? I do. I released my EP. I think was it. May 6th. Um, May 6th. Good. God, somebody knows what's going on. Um, <laughs> it's called La Belle, and it's got five tracks on it, I think. Um, one of those is Magnetic, and the rest are all new, brand new tracks. And I wrote it last year, last spring. I was over in LA, and I wrote it then. Mm. It's. I'm really proud of it. It's a good 
uh, I think it's a good way to come out the gate for sure and I, I feel really really happy with it and the re response has been great and I don't know creatively I'm very very satisfied with it so um, it's it's all and it's going really well people are reacting really well which is superb well I know I bought a copy for sure and I'll tell you Thank it's you. it's it's really good and I, I would like to ask you why you picked the name you did for the EP because there's you know it's not a song that's on the EP why the name LaBelle? So LaBelle is uh, like direct translation is the direct translation of LaBelle is it means pamphlet mm. um, and so I'm like obsessed with Mary Antoinette and um, basically when she was like 14 she was married off she's Austrian and she was married off to um, Louis you know uh, King who became King Louis um, of France and they were kids they were like 14 um, and there was all this pressure to put on them to you know have an heir and bring the country back to its greatness and all of this stuff um, and as you may or may not know Marie Antoinette became very very hated um, because she wasn't producing an heir she had a very sort of what was seen to be like a lavish lifestyle um, she was quite uh, headstrong and she sort of did her own thing when it came to uh, the company she kept and the clothes that she wore and the places that she went she sort of broke all the rules um, as far as that stuff goes now the, the way that LaBelle comes into this is that at that time there was a um, sort of pamphlet that was circulated called LaBelle um, and it was like the modern day, like the modern equivalent would be like the National Enquirer. It was basically like all slander. It was, some of it was completely fictional. Some of it was um, stories from like friends and insiders who were a part of their sort of social circle and their family and group. And it had a huge amount to do with why she became so hated. Eventually, you know, she was beheaded like <laughs> they kind of built her up to be this princess this beautiful thing that was gonna like save france and then they built her up and built her up and then they dragged her down <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like it just seems to be a pattern i that i see throughout history like happening to women basically they build them up and then they bring them and they behead them <laughs> <laughs> wow Kind of um, grim, Annabelle, uh, but no, it's true. It's true. You know, we we do love to murder our heroes. We we do yeah, love to break exactly. them over the coals. We make them great, and then we can't we can't wait to pick them apart. And um, I don't know. I just liked I liked that. You know, I don't like it, but I find it fascinating. All that stuff, and also the fact that the people who wrote the labels, the labellists, they were called. You know, they were anarchists. They were like anti-establishment anarchists, and that resonates with me to an extent i think i've always been a slightly rebellious person so i don't know there's there's like lots of different reasons why i chose that title but i think that what happened to Marie antoinette doesn't ever stop happening and it's something that we see frequently in pop culture right um, and, and and when you look at it in in our tmz world you know yeah everything's yeah, exactly. there, there, we've got 24-hour-a-day news networks and entertainment networks that need something, and the public yeah. seems to love scandal. So they'll go, yeah, they'll go for anything. You know, they'll yeah. make they'll make something out of nothing, and, and that's what happened to Marie Antoinette. And 
I don't know, that's that's why I chose that title. Just seems relevant to me and relevant to our culture today and um I like the sort of anarchic twist. Very good. And that and you are of course on the cover with a crown and uh, you're yeah. channeling a little Marie Antoinette there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to not get beheaded. That's my no, no, we we don't. That's want my that. aim. <laughs> no, no, we don't want that. So, when you get this EP, you get the the track "Magnetic," which came out last year, and there's there's two songs I really want to kind of talk to you about. One is the video "I O U," and uh, you must really like cats. I do. Well, I like all animals. Um, which explains and... why you like me. So. <laughs> yes, you, you're very fluffy, that's why I like you. <laughs> fluffy and cuddly, that's how I imagine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, no, I love animals, and basically, I've grown, you know, as you may know, I've grown up surrounded by animals all the time. My mum has animals, my dad had animals, like, every, we all are, like, mad animal people, and um, I don't know, the video, I was walking home from the gym one day, and... Uh, I just was daydreaming about cat videos and, you know, I'd been watching that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the cat versus cucumber videos. Have yes. you seen them? <laughs> and it was, I was just literally walking home, like cracking up to myself, thinking about stuff like that. And like Ninja Cat, where it gets closer and closer to the camera. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just was thinking thinking about all that stuff and then I just started daydreaming about like cats coming to life and being people and people doing cat things and so that's basically where the video came from it's just one of my strange little daydreams <laughs> plus you look uh, pretty hot in some of those outfits thanks you know I I, I have to mention it just... I try I do try well anyone that follows you on uh, Twitter or, or anything they always get lovely pictures of you, so it's fantastic. Is it is it because I post pictures of my boobs? Is that why you like me? It doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone loves a good boob pic. It cheers it cheers the people up. That's right. It's probably the the key to world happiness, if we were yeah. honest. <laughs> boobs. If there everyone could just accept that boobs were the key to world happiness, then everything would be a better place. <laughs> Agreed. And here's Annabelle Jones live with IOU. I'm Annabelle Jones and this is my song IOU. Treated you. 
So you've got the song Happy. Yeah. Tell us about that and uh, kind of get in depth into where it comes from lyrically. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, I, I think Happy is quite sort of, it's sort of quite on the nose. It's quite literal. Like some of my songs, I tend to speak in metaphors, but Happy is one of the more sort of literal uh, kind of personal songs. When I say personal, I mean revealing. All of, mm-hmm. all of my songs are very, very personal. I write from a personal place, but I think Happy is quite revealing in a kind of stark and obvious way. It's just, it's about being separated from loved ones. It's about, you know, my job takes me away a lot of the time from my home and my family and and then I go to a new place and I make a new home and a new family and then I have to go to another place and I keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's, you know, my, my dad had a similar experience. Um, I think that it, you're in this perpetual cycle of catching up and um, I think keeping your connections with your loved, loved one strong can be quite a challenge when you are always away. Yeah. Um, and the chorus is just kind of like, just when you're talking to your family at midnight on the phone, because it's the only time that you guys can, you know, get it together and it feels heavy and it feels dark and you miss them. You just want to hear something happy. You don't want to, you just want a break from, from reality in a way, you know, you just want to hear something light. You just want a moment of levity. And um, that's what the song's about. It's about trying to hold on to the, light when things can feel a little bit dark when you're kind of away from the ones that you love well i know that the song touched me quite a lot because there's been times i've had to do business and you know travel and stuff and it's it's hard to be away from your loved ones so so that song really touched me i just wanted you to know that oh thank you i'm glad that you connected with it and now here's annabelle jones with my personal favorite song on the ep happy live take it away annabelle I can't be 
said you loved animals earlier and even yeah. admitted to liking me. So tell us about the uh, Davy Jones's herd. What's going on with the herd? So the herd are doing great. Um, there's currently, I think, 11 in the herd um, that are in uh, Solvang. You know, you, do you know what that, if you like checked up, like, you know where they are and everything and you've seen like their ranch that they're on and all that stuff. Like you, yeah. you know, the, you know, the deets. Mm-hmm. I, I figured you did. So we're working really hard to find adoptive homes for the younger and healthier herd members to give them a more fulfilling life, basically. You know, the older ones that have got more problems are quite happy sort of munching hay in the in the field and hanging out with their buddies and getting treats and stuff. But, you know, the younger ones, they they really need a purpose and they really need they really need a life. They've got their whole life ahead of them. Um, so we're really working hard to try and make that happen. Um, I don't know if you know, like Smither and JJ now live with, they've got new mommies now, and they've, they're in um, new homes in California, and they are doing great. Have you, I don't know, Doris and Rio are working on a ranch in Colorado, and you can um, actually see updates of them on Instagram. Um, the lady that's looking after them, her Instagram is Kate Loves Horses, and she posts the most amazing pictures of the ranch and like just every day. Their lives just look—I don't know—they're just—they've got like dream horsey lives. They're just out all day, running, playing, working, just doing the things that horses love to do, you know. And uh, it's such a blessing that we were able to put those two in that environment. They're great together. They love being together they've been together their whole lives so the fact that we could get them over there together is very very wonderful and makes us super happy what do Um, you think your dad would say knowing that like the horses almost have their own fan club let alone instagram accounts at this point (laughs) i know know, it's amazing isn't it yeah um and so no honestly i can't recommend enough checking out um Kate's Instagram, Kate Loves Horses, it's like, that's our dream, you know, if we can get get the babies into places like that, um, then that's what we're working towards. And then, so in addition to providing care for the remaining herd members, um, as you know, many of them have like moderate to severe like special needs, uh-huh. we're putting more and more focus on raising awareness of the issues that face thoroughbreds once they leave the track. Uh, historically there haven't been a lot of options uh, for thoroughbreds once they leave the track there's a lot of maltreatment that goes on and a lot of horses end up being slaughtered which is horrific so we are trying in addition to providing care for the horses that we already have we're raising awareness of the plight of these other animals which don't have a voice they don't have anyone particularly standing up for them and um, we're hoping just to let everyone know that these horses can have wonderful lives as pets and working horses after they're not earning money on the track anymore and um, every week we do a welfare Wednesday and we try and spotlight as many deserving thoroughbreds that are looking for homes as we can and 
we try and raise as much awareness about equine welfare issues as we can. And um, that's sort of where we're at right now. We're lo looking after the oldies, trying to get some good situations going for the young ones and just trying to raise as much awareness as we can about equine rescue and the life of thoroughbreds after the track. So that's where we are. Very good. Hi, it's Annabelle Jones. Help us carry on our father's legacy by becoming a member of the DJMF today and caring for the horses that he loves so dearly. So you can learn more about the DJMF at www.djemf.com. If you want to learn more about Written in Our Hearts, you can visit them on Facebook. And if you'd like to purchase the book, it's available on Amazon. To help take care of Davy Jones's herd, and to find out more information on the Davy Jones Equine Memorial Foundation, go to www.djemf.com. So it's 2016, the monkeys have an album out, and I your do. father is featured on one of the tracks. Hard to believe, a new recording with an old recording. I know, it's so crazy, it's so, so crazy, and it's, um, it's very touching, isn't it? It is, and they, they actually dedicate the album to the Manchester Cowboy. Oh, that's sweet. It that's is. That's lovely. It's very nice, and when you open up the, the album, there's that picture of the, the three surviving members and the picture of your father from 1967 there, and it really touched my heart when I saw it. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice that they... Um, that they're still embracing dad and and it's you know it's important it's important that uh i think that he's remembered and uh that he's able to still be a part of it <laughs> yeah exactly i think i think that the album is great and the writers that are on the album are like some of my favorite writers so from that perspective i'm really really hyped on it you know have you seen like who some of the writers are and that's the projects that they've been a part of oh yes uh, i uh, mean you've got noel gallagher and paul weller amazing you know oasis yes. in the jam boom exactly ben gibbard from um death cab for cutie all sorts in there and i just think it's so great i think that it's like I was driving along uh, to my, so I'm signed at, um, at Warner, well I'm signed at Atlantic, and but it's Warner, and Rhino is also Warner, so I right. went to the office the other day, um, and I was walking in, and above my head was a huge billboard <laughs> for the Monkees' new album, and it brought a tear to me eye. <laughs> Yeah, it did. I the I was going to work and at the Warner building, which is where Rhino Records is as well, and I was walking in and above my head was a huge billboard for the Monkees album. It brought a tear to my eye. I was very, very happy to see it and I love the single that they put out so much. Yeah, it's, it's um, great stuff. I think it's so cool that they brought all of these other writers in. I think that it's really smart, and I think that it's it's great. It's all it's it's just a great situation. I think that it's I think that the fans are going to be really happy, and I think that you know who doesn't love a new album from their fave band? Exactly. 
a thing that needs one to thrive on Then it grows, at least that's what I've been told You can't love someone if you find that All you get in return is a heart that's cold They say you need love to love You gotta have love to love They all say it works that way But if it's true Why do I love you? Why do I love you? Here's the actual dedication from uh, the monkeys. It says, this album is dedicated to the memory of Davy Jones, our friend and brother. This is for you, Manchester Cowboy. So, oh, that's lovely. So that really sums it up. And th since they're on tour now, I guess when they do Daydream Believer, your dad sings it. Oh, that's nice. So that's going to be good. Oh, well, hopefully I can go to one of the um, shows. If you get a chance to go, please take a picture for us. I will. I would love to. Hopefully I can get a picture with the guys if they're not too busy. You and some other boobs. Yeah, me and a couple of other boobs. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like your uncles at this point, you know. <laughs> so, this is an exciting year for you. What What do you have planned in store? Is there another video coming? What's, what's your strategy for rolling um, this EP out? So, basically... What will happen now is we will release a couple more videos. Um, we're going to release a video for Magnetic, and we're going to release a video for Happy, and I'm pushing to release a video. Well, I would like to have a video for every track myself, mm -hmm. personally. Um, whether the label are willing to foot the bill for that is a completely, <laughs> different, completely different matter. Right. But in my daydream world, that's what I would like to happen. But definitely there's a video for Magnetic coming, and there's definitely a video for Happy coming. Fantastic. And um, I'm going to keep playing shows. I'm going to keep uh, making silly videos on Snapchat. And... I'm going to keep talking to lovely people like yourself, just trying to spread the good word. And, and that's all I can do, really. You know, there's the music's out there now, and I just, it's like a fire. I need to just blow on it, and hopefully it will keep burning. Exactly. Um, and that's what I'll be doing for the next couple of months. I'm sure that I'll be going on a tour at some point this year. I know that there have been conversations about that. So that's all just sort of to be confirmed, and it's all coming up. I would imagine all this stuff will be confirmed before September. Videos will probably be out in the next sort of eight weeks. And um, exciting time. And that's for the you. vibe. Yeah, it's good. It's it's nice to finally have a proper body of work out. I've been waiting a really long time for that, and um, I. It's like it's like I've given birth in a way, and now I have to just like look after my little baby and make sure that it grows <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't understand that just putting the album out that's that's not enough you have to work it no yeah work you, it, girl. you really do you have to work hard it's, it's like when you get signed you kind of i think a lot of people think oh you get signed you know the hard bits over but i feel like it's just a different type of hustle that you go into before you get signed is a different kind of grind than after you get signed and then once you're signed and you put your album out that's a whole nother thing you know it's just it's you just got to keep 
keep working. The only person that's gonna, the only person that's gonna work for you as hard as you want them to is yourself. You know, it has to all come from you. It has to, the the light has to come from you. You can't just put it out there and walk away. You've got to keep nurturing it. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next sort of six months. And then also I'll be finishing my album. I'm going to go into the studio in LA and just keep writing. And we're almost there. I think we're over halfway done. So I'll be finished by September, I reckon. Fantastic. Well, yeah. we, we here at Zilch wish you the best with that project. And, you. you know, we consider you and your sisters and even the herd all part of our fluffy family. So, yes. And you are welcome here anytime. And anytime Thank you want to promote you. something or just come on and talk about fluffy things, you can. So, yeah. You know. I would love to. I'll come. Why don't, when, why don't we make a date for the, for the video and we can talk about that? All right. Sounds good. Great. All right. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll be in the video. Yeah, you can. You can get <laughs> another animal. We can do part two. You put me on a leash. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> All right, dear. It's always fun having you around. You are you are a blast to interview. We will be talking to you, and we wish you the best. And thank you for being part of Zilch today. Thank you, Ken. All right, we will see you. Bye. Bye. Gosh. <sighs> An excellent one, as usual, dear. Thank you. That right. was really nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Well, anytime, seriously. God bless, and we will talk to you. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was a memorable conversation. Thanks for coming on Zilch, Annabelle, and you can get her EP on Amazon and iTunes. I've been listening to it, and I recommend it highly. She is just a trip, and she is uh, so smart, just so whip smart, and she's just as funny as heck, and a lot of the spirit of the monkeys is there, if you ask me. She is definitely her father's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in monkey news... And in monkey news, it was good times. It was the best of times and the worst of times. The Monkeys, the complete series, finally shipped. And it's a mixed blessing for some. For some, they're just happy that they have it. But something happened along the way, wouldn't you say, Sarah? Yes, I want to preface this by saying I have been addicted to the box set. I've been watching it basically every spare moment I've had between doing stuff for Zilch and doing stuff for my new library podcast, Better Library Leaders. But also, when I first opened my box, as some of you who watched my live stream unboxing noticed, there were a few little tears just in the corner of the internal uh, packaging of the box. And I know some people had slightly more damage than that, mostly on the internal. As far as we know, most everybody's actual Blu-rays were okay, but I know a lot of people who care about these sorts of things for their collector's value were kind of a little understandably frustrated that the boxes that they got right out of the box were not, you know, in mint condition. And Mm -hmm. I know that Rhino has had some things to say about that. Right. And, you know, there were some people it looked like 
the boxes exploded upon air hitting them. I mean, some of the fronts were just smashed, and it's just it's just it's not a good situation. And a lot of yeah. fans were very unhappy about the situation. And there's some other people that are unhappy about the situation as well, and that's Rhino. Because they did not mean for this to be like this. This was not, you know, a design plan. Oh, we here, here's an idea. Let's just make everything crappy. That's yeah. not what this set was designed to be like. And um, they have, they are definitely aware of what is going on online. As a matter of fact, John Hughes wrote this. What we know. Looks like the boxes may be damaged during shipping. The weight of the 10 disc may be causing the sides of the box to rip when jostled from side to side during transport. We hear you and we are working on a plan to make any damages right. Please be patient with us for the next couple of weeks while we work this out. We could stop shipments until we have a solution. But we feel getting the actual disc, yay, into fans' hands is more important after all the excruciating delays. As always, I will keep you all up to date. But I do ask for your patience in the meantime. Grab the 33 and a third disc and watch the edited version listed on the menu for a special treat. And did you do that, Sarah? Yes, it is so awesome. It's got all the vintage commercials from mm-hmm. that era that I've just been loving because I'm sort of the, the kind of nerd that likes that sort of thing. And man, pop culture and TV in 69, it, it wasn't just 33 and a third. It was all kind of trippy and crazy and I really enjoyed watching that and I do recommend it. I also really recommend people take a look at disc 10 particularly the head outtakes that stuff. I mean that's almost the value of the box set right there Uh, some amazing things in there Mm -hmm. Well it is excellent but we want to encourage you to do a couple things here. First off be patient you know Mm -hmm. this is not 1988 where you had to send a letter and you know hope for a response and there's maybe a 1-800 number that you would call it is now the age of instant gratification but this cannot be fixed instantly it just can't and I know that Rhino is not happy with how this arrived to many people and I know that many people were shocked and you know customers and consumers have a right to get what they paid for and uh, we are behind that 100% and I believe Rhino is behind that 100% they will take action but we have to give them time we have to be patient to see what they will do then there's the situation that John kind of referenced for example there are a couple things that actually didn't wind up being on the disc Uh, the 12 seconds of Jerry Lee Lewis in the remastered version doing a whole lot of shaking going on and from what I understand the, the copyright holders of the song would not allow that to be in this at any price no matter what Rhino offered them they would not accept it for whatever reason it just I guess they just didn't like 33 and a third I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't understand it it's kind of silly because it's not like everybody's knocking down the door to get just that but Andrew Sandoval also posted something to the effect of that he does not actually work for Rhino, but he's proud of the set that they made and that it will get resolved. That's kind of summing it up in my words. So Yeah, and, and I'd like to sort of echo that for Zilch. As far as people coming to the Zilch page to express their frustrations about the situation, we get it. We're kind of frustrated too, but 
we're just fans. We're fans like you. I, I tell everybody that I'm just an ordinary fan with a big microphone, and there's not a lot that we can do about this situation. So we really encourage folks to contact Rhino Customer Support. The easiest way to do that is Dr. Rhino at rhino.com. And I think there's also a form on the Monkey's website if folks have had damage. Mm -hmm. And we really suggest that people do that so they can actually get a solution to the problem as quickly as possible. Right. And they're going to want the following information. Your order number, a photo displaying the damage to your box set. That's kind of important. And I also understand that they're asking for the limited edition number, which is on the back of the booklet, correct? Correct. Okay. So we really can't fix it, but we can help provide a form for people that want to discuss it. And we also can point you in the right direction. And that is at Dr. Rhino. What's that email address again, Sarah? Anybody who has had damage can contact Dr. Rhino at drrhino, all lowercase, no spaces, at rhino.com. So we look forward to seeing how this will all work out, and we hope that it will work out the best for everybody because you deserve to get what you paid for, and Rhino wants to get the set that they promised to you. And as far as any of the things that didn't make the actual bonus disc, we have yet to hear anything from that, but I believe that they were kind of shanghaied by the Jerry Lee Lewis thing, and, and though I don't have confirmation on this at all, I believe that that may have been why it was delayed that last week. I could be wrong. Wouldn't surprise me. And in other monkey news, here they come, the monkeys compilations. <laughs> and these always uh, excite some people and anger some others. I think that it angers completists because it's like, I just bought everything. Now I have to buy more. <laughs> and I do feel for the people who own like 28 copies of I'm a Believer in various collections. But I always like the little compilations because, okay, I'm not going to buy one. But if like one of my non-monkeys friends turns to me and goes, why do you do this strange podcast thing? I can say, here, let me induct you into the mysteries and you know, send them off to the monkey's website or Amazon or whatever they prefer so that they can buy or download the, whatever the newest compilation is. And who knows, maybe we get a new member of Zilch Nation out of it. That's true. And, you know, this isn't made for the completist. Oddly enough, the completist will probably still buy it. But uh, it's really neat. There's, there's two different ones. There's Monkeys Forever, which will be on vinyl and CD. And that's pretty cool. And it's got the uh, a, a, a reproduction of that classic Monkeys Forever button. It's kind of altered for some reason. But it's a pretty cool cover as far as covers go. And like I said, you can get that in vinyl and CD. And then another one called Monkeys 50, which is a three CD set. And it has pretty good overall collection of their musical history. And it's really neat. The thing I like about the Monkees 50 3-CD set is that it has two of the newer songs on it. The singles, She Makes Me Laugh and You Bring the Summer, which is pretty cool. So even people that maybe didn't buy Good Times that are seeing the Monkees live will be able to get those two songs, which have been figured pretty prominently in their live set list this year. Yeah, and that's true. And I also noticed something... There are only 49 songs on the Monkees 50 CD, which 
just begs the question on, you know, if there's maybe some surprise hidden on there. Because it seems odd you would put out a collection called Monkey's 50 with 49 songs. So I don't know anything y'all don't know, but, it, you know, and as, as somebody once said, wouldn't that be something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a typo and someone goes, oh, crap, we got to put 50 songs on there if it's Monkey's 50. It's a corporate synchronicity after, after all. So. I always overthink this stuff. We'll see. So whether you like compilations or don't like compilations, this, these new ones are coming out. And again, they're not meant for the diehard Monkey's fan, but there are a lot of people that get turned on to greatest hits. Did, did you have a favorite compilation coming up, Sarah? Yes, my favorite is actually the first Monkeys album um, CD. Well, actually, it was cassette tape that I ever owned, and it was the Then and Now compilation from '86. Oh yeah, and it was cool listening because it was kind of a chronological take of everything, so you could sort of see how they evolved through the big hits. And then at the end, they had, you know, that was then. This is now, and Kicks, and Anytime, Anyplace, Anywhere. And I was sitting there going wow, these guys are still doing new music. I should look into them and, you know, into the into their music further. And then I sort of fell down the rabbit hole for 30 years. <laughs> well, even though we had the four original albums of the Monkees in the house because of my uncle and my aunts, I remember finding the Arista album because I'd never heard Listen to the Band. And that just kind of freaked me out. And then there was these other songs. I'm like, well, what albums were these on? And it sent me to the library to figure out what was going on. And that's when I figured out that there was an album called Changes that nobody seemed to ever talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Or Instant Replay. And, uh, you know, it, it it was nice to find this stuff out. And then to actually see them later but that that arista compilation was one that i think a lot of people seemed to find in the late 70s yeah it was pretty cool love the cover of that by the way still do yeah yeah it's a good cover well the monkeys are going to be on axstv to launch a concert series check out this commercial Hey, Dallas-Fort Worth, it's me, Mark Cuban, and I'm here to tell you I'm hosting the hottest weekly summer concert series live from the Bomb Factory. We're talking the Monkees, the Village People, Brett Michaels, KC and the Sunshine Band, and Bad Company. If you're in Dallas and you love to party and you love great music, then you need to go get your free tickets and come on down and rock out with us for Access TV concerts. And, you know, it's going to be hosted by me, Mark Cuban. That's right, AXSTV taps the monkeys for the summer concert series, hosted by Mark Cuban. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to last about 90 minutes on TV, I guess, when it airs, so that's that's going to be pretty neat. And the monkeys are kicking off the show, which premieres on Thursday 11th with the monkeys. It'll be on at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, and 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And then the series will air every Thursday through September 8th and will feature live performance by five legendary bands, as you just heard. So this will be pretty cool. And Sarah, our Dallas Zilch team will be there. And that's Carrie Gordon, Opalina Salas, and Kathy Davini. And we're going to dial them in right now on the Zilch Hotline. Yay! 
This is Carrie the Metal Geek from the Metal Geeks Podcast. This is Opalina Salas. This is Kathy Devinney. And you're listening listening to to Zilch, Zilch, a a monkey's podcast. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. I'm in Zilch. There is no time zone. (laughs) We've got all the clocks on the wall. And one's broken. One of the times is broken. That's the time. But it's right twice a day. And here we are at Zilch Headquarters Dallas, which is, this is the Texas Zilch Headquarters, and we're joined by three proud Texans. We have Kerry Gordon. As you just said, my name is Kerry Gordon. I am a podcaster as well, but I, a little bit different. I do a couple heavy metal shows. One is actually, you. we've had you on before, the Metal Geeks podcast, where we did a whole episode on the monkeys. It's just whatever we feel like geeking out on, be it heavy metal or comic book or are the monkeys absolutely and it's so cool because there's a lot of metalheads that are mm-hmm. into the monkeys that is indeed true and a lot of them are coming out of the closet as, right now very good and we we want to send the link out and check the show notes so you can hear that episode because it was lots of fun hello larry we're sending hello out to larry roberts <laughs> and i'm glad to have you on zilch finally proper and we are also joined by the lovely Opalina Salas, please introduce yourself. Say hi to everybody. Hi, I'm Opalina Salas from Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the lovely Kathy Devinney. Hi, everybody. It's Kathy. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. But we are all here at the Zilch Texas headquarters facility. And you guys have really fixed up the Zilch Texas division headquarters here. You've, you've made it look like the set of what am I doing hanging around video. Who actually put this together? Opalina, are you behind this? I'm a wonder with uh, glitter pens and marks a lot. That's say? true. That's true. And for anybody that was at the Dallas Monkey Show recently, they got to see your handiwork with a little bit of uh, paint and glitter, and you, you made the Zilch Nation sign that everybody rallied around. I stayed up till about 3 a.m. under a heavy influence of caffeine, and uh, my artistic whim took over me. Well, it really looks cool, and it, it was neat that you did that because it really helped everybody know exactly what was going on, and you guys were giving out Zilch buttons. And Kathy, I sent those to you. Uh, we did a drop shipment to you. And what was it like having people come up and asking for them? It was an experience, let's just say. <laughs> I'm not used to people coming up. The last concert I went to, you know, I just kind of showed up, found my seat, sat down, and enjoyed the show. But this was really cool because um, you know, got to pass out the buttons and just getting to talk to everybody and in in all the Zilch Facebook land out there. Um, that was the really cool part. And I have to say, I enjoyed meeting everybody just as much as I enjoyed the show, I think. It was really cool to have that little community there. We felt like a little community within the monkeys community. And the buttons were a great big hit. They were awesome. Well, it seems like everywhere they are, people want to snap them up. It, it, it's very cool. But we'll, we'll talk about those buttons again here in a little bit. But, uh, Carrie, you also got to meet Melanie and the rest of everybody there. You also went to the before show or pre-show get-together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That was a lot of fun. We got to the venue early, which was very nice. It was actually undercover. There was a nice big shade underneath it. And, you know, in the Texas heat, that is definitely something you're looking for. I saw Opalina's sign, and I was like, 
they are my people, so we just started talking. <laughs> and it's funny, um, just to throw something in, Opalina and I have only known each other through Facebook. We had never seen each other until we met the, the concert, and she told me that she was holding the sign and at the table, and once we met, it was just like, oh yeah, you're with Silch. It was like the first time we ever saw each other in person. It was really cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, for non-Zilch listeners, what did they think of what was going on? I think they were interested. They, they were they were wondering what was going on, and who all these people were hanging out, and with the buttons. We had some people come up to us asking how they could get a button, mm-hmm. and we just said, "Well, you just have to ask." <laughs> and we gave we gave them a button, and we told them, of course, about the podcast. You know, the button was cool because it's got the podcast name. So when they got home. Or the next morning, if they didn't remember the name, they could look on the button. Very cool. Opalina, what was your favorite part of the fan gathering part? I think my favorite part was just the instant camaraderie. I mean, like Kathy said, we we never met each other in person, but as soon as we saw each other and spotted each other, it was like we were sisters, and we hugged each other and screamed and laughed, and we were so excited to get the show. Personally, this has probably been my most favorite show that I've ever gone to because of the Zilch nation being together and having a group of friends that uh, that we can enjoy the show with. It, it was wonderful. It was my favorite part of, of everything. And during the middle of the show when uh, they were playing the, the different video sequences and people were kind of moving about, I came and sat next to Kathy and we we're like peas and carrots just watching the, watching the shows together. And uh, it, it just made me really happy. It was, it was a really great experience. Fan. I made a new best friend, Kathy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's fantastic. I feel the same way. That is awesome. It makes me sad that I could not be there in person, but I was there in spirit. And it was cool seeing all the pictures come in and the live streams. You were also streaming the show occasionally, Kathy. I, I tried to stream. The connection wasn't very good in the venue. And I tried to get at least one entire song. But mm-hmm. it seems like once I, I got it all set up and started recording, it only recorded about 15 to 20 seconds. And then the connection died and it disconnected. So I figure a little bit of something was better than nothing. <laughs> but it was so cool to see it actually kind of happen live. It was awesome. That it, was really cool. And it's also cool for me to go back and look at those. Yeah. To relive it and be like, oh, yeah, this this really did happen. That's what really went on. Now, Carrie, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you find it amazing that everybody that was in the Zilch gang was so ultra handsome and beautiful? Is it the something about our audience that brings out the best looking people? It has to do with something with when you listen to the show, it, it comes through your headphones and, and it makes you that beautiful. Well, there right? you go. There you go. <laughs> no, seriously, it was really a really great good-looking group of people just you could just feel the happiness from the pictures and then that that spread on to Kansas and Oklahoma and on to the next event and we have some more of these coming up so it's fantastic and I understand you guys ran into our own Melanie Mitchell there that was a very very cool thing for me I actually made a point to bring her book to get autographed by her and I think that threw her off a little bit but it was very cool to meet her it's you know how it is Ken when you listen to people that, oh yeah uh, are your head all the time not just yourself, but like on podcast, and you actually get to meet them. It's like meeting a celebrity, you know? Yes, I do. It's fantastic. Kathy? It was definitely quite 
unexpected. Uh, she she had her own little line going. She was standing in the merch line, and there were people standing behind her ready to talk to her. <laughs> it was kind of funny to see that. And I, I love hearing how humble she is and everything, but she had quite a little gathering around her. And then after she went through the merch line, Dilch Nation, we all sat at a group of tables right before the show started. She came over and sat with us and talked to us for a good probably 30 to 40 minutes. It was just really, really interesting to hear what she had to say, and I asked her how she felt about being on the show where she got to review the Good Times album with uh, John Hughes on the phone, and she said that was quite a surreal experience. Yeah, absolutely. Opalina, your thoughts? Well, I I was really excited to meet Melanie as well and and to get a chance to tell her that um, my my favorite thing, one of my favorite thing about Zilch is being able to uh, watch the the commentary, at, because to me it's like having friends to watch the monkey episodes with, which I never really had. It was always just kind of me by myself geeking out with the monkeys, and uh, watching it with all of you guys together, it feels like we're all there having a great time, and I love that. So, uh, you know, I think she was touched, very touched by that, but that's exactly how I feel about all you guys. I feel like we're all friends, and we all just kind of hang out at least once or twice a week and talk about the monkeys, so that's what's cool. You know, that's one of the neat things about us all finding one another, is that you are not alone, you know? Uh, it used to be that people might make fun of you for liking the monkeys, but it doesn't matter because we all have one another. We're not alone. They did for me, for sure. Now... What did you think of the actual Monkeys concert? Because there's a lot of people that have yet to see them. The Monkeys are adding shows daily. Carrie, what were your thoughts on the Monkeys Live this year? Um, I think this year was really great. The, some of the song choices, some of the those deep B cuts they pulled out was amazing. I don't care what people say. I love D.W. Washburn. But I think this was in an opera house in, in Dallas. So it felt very. they felt very restrained in the beginning. Uh-huh. But they they sort of figured out their where they were and they really started rocking out towards the end and it got loud and rock raucous and it turned into a, a good time. Fantastic, Kathy Devaney, your thoughts on the Monkeys Live this year? Well, I agree with Carrie. It seems like they were kind of restrained just a little bit, and I the energy from the crowd. I personally was disappointed. There were a lot of people sitting in their seats and like tapping their feet, singing along. Uh-huh. And of course, I'm sitting there thinking, "Come on, guys, this is the monkeys. Come on, let's stand up." And I have to say, I agree with uh, Carrie. My personal favorite performance of the night was D.W. Washburn. I've always liked that song. I've never heard it live, and at our show, right at the end, in the line where he says, I've got a bottle of wine and feeling fine, Mm -hmm. Mickey just belted out the word fine, and he (laughs) held it for a few seconds, and then it went quiet, and he stopped, and then he did it again, and that just, like, blew me out of my seat. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm actually here listening to this. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) And it's... You know, that's what you get with Mickey Dolenz. He's not just a singer. He's also an actor. So he really does ham it up. And it's fantastic how he utilizes his acting skills on stage, you know. Oh, yeah. Opalena, your thoughts on the Monkees live this year? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, besides the fact that my face was hurting the next day because of the smile that was plastered on my face the entire night. I mean, it just bring me such joy and happiness to be there. And to, to get to listen to the monkeys again live, I think every time I get a chance to be with them and in and, and the same room with them and they're, they're performing for us, I feel very thankful 
that I get a chance to see my heroes on stage. Everything they did was wonderful. Um, I got out of my seat and I danced my butt off many times throughout the show, regardless of what the people around me were doing. Uh, because when you get a chance to dance live to the monkey singing Let's Dance On, I mean, that may never happen again, so I'm going to dance. And uh, I have to say, D.W. Washburn was amazing. The tender moments of bringing Davey back and his bringing his back, uh, those were tender and beautiful. And there were there were people with, uh, you know, tears coming out of their eyes that were sitting around me. My husband, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call him out or anything, but I think he got a little, I got a little verklempt as it was. Verklempt. Because it was very beautiful. Verklempt. Because mm-hmm. it was very beautiful. It was very sweet. You know, it was just a great night altogether. They sounded amazing. Mickey just blows me away every time, and I think this is really the best I've ever heard them sound in my opinion. Both of them seem so happy, so energetic, um, mm-hmm. so glad to be performing. And I can only imagine what it feels like to be, uh, you know, well, I guess they're like in their 70s now, and they're mm-hmm. performing still, they're rock and rolling on stage. I think that's amazing. I'd be happy too. <laughs> I'd be amazingly happy too. Me too. It was, it was such a good experience. It was really good for my soul. It was really wonderful. I agree. Did anybody see that picture of Mickey jumping in the air? I saw that. Was that from Dallas? I'm not sure where it's oh. from, but my goodness. Hold on. I'm going to put it in the chat. Hold on a second. Okay, it just came through. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. That does not look like wow. a man his age. That looks like David Lee Roth uh, when he was in Van Halen the first time. That, <laughs> that definitely wasn't Dallas. It was outside. Do you know the big difference between Mickey and uh, Van Halen? If Mickey can still sing. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, zinger. Ouch. <laughs> but that picture is just amazing. And I really love that outfit by the way the blue shirt with the black that i i I hope that uh when i see him in uh october that he's wearing that i I like that that's a good look for him they're playing again in uh austin in the end of september i'm like hmm three times in one year is it possible maybe are you serious they're gonna play in austin in september i might go to that september 29th my friend actually was in austin this weekend my co-host and he texted me a picture of like a the billboard I was like, all right, I'm I might gonna have to look in. Put yeah, I might have to do that. Yeah, my boyfriend's going to have to get me tickets to that for my birthday in September. I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is my birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it, you cheapskate, get me the Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and my car needs washed. Honey, oh. I love you. That was Ken, not me. <laughs> yeah. I not only got a chance to meet Melanie Mitchell, I, I got a brief meeting with Andrew Sandoval. Oh, that's awesome. What was that like? It was really, uh, well, you know, we were sitting in our seats before the show, and, you know, it's unmistakable. I saw him, and he was walking right in front of us, and some somewhere this little voice came out of me and said, Mr. Sandoval, Mr. Sandoval. <laughs> I was so scared, uh, uh, you know, because I just didn't know what I was doing. And he turned and looked at me. And I just said immediately, I said, thank you so much for everything that you've done for the monkeys. And thank you for giving us this chance to see them live again. And thank you for all the work that you put. I just was just like falling over myself. I was so embarrassed. But he he stopped and he, he said, oh, you're welcome. And oh, you're going to enjoy this show so very much. When was the last time you saw them? And we talked a little bit, very briefly. And then once again, you know, I just thanked them profusely. And he thanked me as well. 
and then he walked off and then I kind of fainted and that was it so but it was great he's such a nice guy did you guys realize there was another celebrity there that night as well yes I did Liana Douglas was there <gasps> wow she's awesome my wife he, he was uh, walking with her right yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, he was uh, Andrew. Uh, my wife pointed. She's like, "Is that that comedian?" I was like, I looked at her. I was like, "No, that's Ileana." I was, I was, little, little starstruck for a second. Yeah, what I know, I, all I saw was Andrew Sandoval, and he was standing with her at the time. I, I didn't know who she was. I was all about him. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a trip. You never know who you're going to run into at a monkeys concert. That's why they're the place to be. That's right. Absolutely. And speaking about things coming up in Dallas and our zilch Dallas contingent, if you will, the AXSTV appearance by the Monkees is going to be filmed down there very soon. And you three are going to be there. Well, I'm going to try yes, my because I'm actually from Houston, so it's about a four or five hour drive for mm-hmm. me. But Yeah, but you're um, heavy metal, so you'll... You'll do it. I'll power through it. Uh, right. I think it'll be really cool because it's a it's a smaller club, so being able to see the band in a small club like that, it's going to be amazing. I don't want to miss it. Fantastic. And Zilch is doing it again, as you three are going to be the Zilch Texas division, if you will. We're dropping about 75 buttons on that crowd, right, Kathy? Yep. So, I'm patiently awaiting them to come in my mailbox. <laughs> And you and Opalina and hopefully Carrie are going to be distributing them to people. And it would be so cool to see the zilch buttons on TV. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? It would be so cool just even just to see them on someone's shirt as they're like going, Oh, Mickey, ah! You know, it'd be fantastic. I'm going to try to bring my sign, too. Oh, uh, yes. I don't know if they're let me in with it mm-hmm. but we're definitely going to have the sign at least outside the venue that way the fans can find us with a button excellent so you can play a game of button button who's got the buttons these three do so you know after 75 though you guys are in trouble i don't know what you're going to do then hand out scraps of paper saying i was there <laughs> <laughs> so if you are going to the axs tv taping look for the zilch nation sign look for people with zilch buttons look for kathy and opalina and carrie so are you what are you looking forward to most about this opalina oh because i think michael nesmith might show up ah uh, <laughs> that would be something but i'm <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it's not going to be something. But, you know, I've, I, I, I really don't mind eating my words because they're made out of strawberry. So it's okay. I already told you, I, I, I just really think that Mark Cuban would pay for two of the three monkeys. That just doesn't seem like a sound business decision on his part. Well, we'll see how much weight Mark Cuban has to throw around. So, you know, and, and cash. So, But <laughs> on the other hand... Fine. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, as the saying goes, wouldn't that be something? Kathy, what are you looking forward to most for the AXS TV appearance? Well, besides seeing all the wonderful Zilch community again, I personally am looking forward to not knowing what to expect. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is going to entail. If it is, I don't know where we're going exactly, um, but Carrie said it's a smaller venue, so I think I'm hoping that... I, that'll just be maybe something there that they won't do with the show I don't know as far as songs or comedy or whatever just kind of looking forward to the unknown Like mm-hmm. we, I don't know what to expect and that's exciting for me mm-hmm. 
I'm actually looking forward to them doing I was there and I'm told I had a good time. I know that they've only done that a couple times, but since it's on TV, I wish they would do it because it's just a great song. And it'll be great to see the two new songs live on television as well. Carrie, I think you could probably sum it up with two words, monkey madness, wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Uh, like they said, it's like, and what I could say before, it's a smaller club, but this is going on TV and it's going to be a different type of experience as they have to reshoot things and edit things on the on the go. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of uh, really cool special guests make, maybe making appearance that night. Well, I, I know for sure we're looking at the Fantasia's Theater out in California on that date for sure. But on the other hand, they might m- want to make this representative of a standard monkey show that you're going to see. So I guess time will tell. Are you are you three going to come down for the performance? Oh, no, I won't be high. <laughs> Ken, I can't make you any promises, okay? I'm okay. He's more fun than I am, Ken. <laughs> well, there you go. I think you're both fun and both glamorous and both beautiful. And Carrie, you're, you're so beautiful too, sir. Thank you. That's because I have long hair. I know it is. That's, well, it's, and it's because I'm short, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to tell somebody who's not listening to Zilch why they should be listening to Zilch? If there's a Monkees fan out there that isn't listening to Zilch, and I believe that there is, what would you say to them, Opalina Salas? I'd say you're doing yourself a disservice because this is everything that you need to know about the Monkees up to the minute. And uh, there's so many things that I would have missed out on this year if I hadn't have found Zilch. I probably wouldn't have known about even the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't what it took to put the album out, all the behind the scenes work. I wouldn't know about the uh, Blu-ray set for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I missed out on a lot of things before I ran into Zilch, and I'm so glad that I found it. So I think if you're a Monkees fan, you need to be you need to be tuned in definitely. Well, let's go around the room with that, Kathy Davini. Well, for me. Being a part of Zilch, and especially the Facebook page, it just feels like, you know, when we, as I know, several people have had the same experiences I have in the 80s, 90s, MTV generation, where I didn't have anybody to share my monkey fandom with. My family put up with me talking about them and got sick of me talking about them. But whenever there was a new tour, a new album or anything, I just kind of kept it to myself. And now I have this place where I can go share my excitement, share the opi- my opinion, and listen to others. And it's really just, I think you guys have built a really, bit, built a really cool community around this. And also, if, if anyone hasn't joined the Zilch, Zilch Facebook page, I like to think that the podcast is only half of Zilch. Yes. The other half is the Facebook page. You need to get on Zilch Facebook page. Anything you ever wanted to know about the monkeys will definitely at some point be brought up on the Facebook page. And the pictures and, you know, videos of monkeys, not even singing monkey songs, just different people find stuff on YouTube that I've never seen before. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know that existed. Uh-huh. I agree. Carrie, what are, what are your thoughts on Zilch? I have been involved in a lot of different fandoms over my over my years, but um, I, and I've always been a huge monkeys nerd, geek, whatever you want to call it. But it wasn't until Zilch where I was able to actually, like they say, be involved, have that that fandom. Everybody's together, and I don't. And it's really made my love for the band, for the music, for the TV show, even greater than it was before. And that's pretty hard to do. Wow. And you know, you talk about 
it kind of allows you to open up so you can actually rock out with your geek out. That's, 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 thanks for stealing my line, but yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually one of your catchphrases from one of your line, shows. Yeah, rock out with your geek out. But, yeah. um, but like, it's true. No, it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're geeky about something, no matter what it is, if you're geeky about the monkeys or Kevin Smith or a video game, whatever it is, don't be ashamed anymore. It, the fandoms out there, there's people that are in that same boat with you that appreciate it as much as you do, whatever topic it is. Uh-huh. Just go out there and have fun. Now, have you three gotten the box set? Carrie, have you gotten it? I do have the box set, and I am one of those people that uh, do have a little bit of um, shipping problems with it, but uh-huh. it hasn't taken away from my, my love of the, of, the, of the set. Yeah, and, and hopefully Rhino will get that squared away. I'm not even worried about that. It's, it's the content, I think, that's the most important thing. Uh-huh. It's there in spades. I've got mine. I, I'm just I, I'm in love with it. It's everything that I expected, and yeah, there was just like a tad, just a tad of damage make a difference, uh, because uh, as soon as I put in disc 10, uh, that was it. I was like, okay, it's all worth it. All the time to wait for the glorious color, and uh, I mean, man, you can, you can really see why they put stars in Davy's eyes, because even before he had, they put those little sparkles in there, uh-huh. he already had sparkles in his eyes. <laughs> That's how clear the picture is. He actually does have stars in his eyes. So I think that's the one thing that I learned almost immediately from watching it. And Kathy is going to have to come over and we're going to have to watch it together. I already told her she has a place on my sofa. We're going to dig in. So you're going to bring you're going to bring the Blu-ray and you're going to bring what a wool hat? Chips, yes. dips and root beer right Chips, now. Chips, dips and root beer. Well, there you go. I don't have the Blu-ray set yet. I hope to get it soon, but I do remember at the show during um, the video presentation, they of course showed the the clips of the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I remember being blown away by actually seeing some freckles on Davy's face. I do not recall him ever having freckles at all. And right. just to see the clarity and everything. I I personally know it's totally worth every penny and I, I look forward to getting it soon, but I'm looking forward to sharing, to seeing all that with Opalina at some point. That'll be that fun. was difficult to actually try to to know where to pay attention. Do you want to pay attention to the band or you want to watch the video screen? It was... Yeah. You know how there's surround sound? It's almost surround vision. You don't know where to look all the time. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, maybe we can organize a zilch get-together-and-watch party kind of thing. <laughs> Like a Twitter viewing party. Oh, cool. who knows? Who knows? The sky's the limit. All right, well, I'd like to thank each one of you for being part of Zilch and for letting people know what's going on and for just being great people, and I love you to pieces, all three of you. Well, Carrie, thank you for having me. Carrie, yeah. the other two are easier on the eyes than you, but, you I, know. I would tend to agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Carrie. But I'm I, used to it. Yeah, I love you nonetheless, brother. Well, it, it's good to have you all on Zilch. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing, Opalina Salas? Thanks, Ken, and everybody in Zilch for the opportunity to be a part of something that has made my year really, really wonderful and really great. Um, I've met so many great people and I've made some really good friendships because of Zilch, and I appreciate every one of you, and I love you guys too. I'm so happy we're having the Year of the Monkeys together. I agree. Kathy Devinney. Well, thank you for having me on. I think uh, without Zilch, none of this would have been possible. So thank you for creating this little community that we have. And I also just wanted to say to those that don't want to go to the show or don't think they want to go because Nez isn't going to perform or because Davey isn't here, 
it, it is not the same without them. However, the monkey spirit is still there. They still have a good time. They still play our favorite songs. And being this 50th anniversary, we don't know if we're going to have another tour. So I highly, highly recommend for anyone on the fence about it just to go ahead. If you can, go ahead and do it. You will, you will not regret it. Carrie Gordon. I agree. Um, make sure you get out to a show, even if you have to drive a few hours, because you never know when, like Peter jokingly said, it could be the one keys, because you never know what's going to happen in life. So make sure you get out there and support these guys while they're out there performing for you every they're they're playing a lot of shows and like he's mentioned before they are they're not young anymore so absolutely so get the good times while you can all right well thank you for being on zilch and we will see you look for them at the axs tv taping of the monkeys live in concert we'll see y'all thank you ken thank you bye bye So if you want some zilch buttons, find the folks at the AXS TV filming, and they will be there. So that that's going to be a fun party. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that show, and I'm hoping to catch it on TV from uh, here up in uh, Oklahoma. Well, not going to be able to drive down, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> well, since we uh, are still in a kind of Texas state of mind since we were talking to the zilch Dallas gang... It's time to check in with a new contributor to the show, Beth Newman. She calls herself the Texas Prairie Chick. Let's check out what she has to say. Hi, this is Beth Newman, the Texas Prairie Chick, for Zilch, a monkey's podcast. All right, Beth Newman for Zilch in three, two, one. We're rolling, please. This is one. Davey, just sing into his ear. Don't get out in the middle of the floor. One take, guys. Hi, Zilchers. This is Beth Newman, the Texas Prairie Chick. Got a little article I want to share with you, uh, something that I wrote for my blog a while back, uh, Texas Prairie Chicken at WordPress.com. Thought you might enjoy it. Talks a little bit about a road trip I took. But first, we're going to flash back to 1986. After what I'll refer to as the mini trampoline incident, I spent two days of summer break couch-ridden, nursing a sprained ankle. Channel surfing following the day's installment of Guiding Light, I happened upon a familiar cute face, that of Davy Jones. Now, I only knew him from his guest appearance on The Brady Bunch, which dominated afternoon rerun heaven back then. He wasn't flirting uncomfortably with Marsha Brady, though. She was nowhere to be found, thank God. Instead, he romped around with three other cuties, each of whom was equally funny and talented in his own right. You guessed it, my friends. Hey, hey, twas the monkeys. That year marked the monkeys' 20th anniversary, and they came back in a big way thanks to MTV. My small hometown didn't get MTV because the man, also known as the Dimmit Texas Cable Company, deemed the network unnecessary and inappropriate for our youth. Since there was no chance of Kevin Bacon showing up to help us dance our way to freedom, we were forced to content ourselves with Nick at Night. Luckily, I was not alone in my monkey fandom. My sister joined me. We bought the reissued albums, on cassette of course, and could recite dialogue from the show much to the annoyance of everyone around us. And then, just like many teenage fascinations, we kind of forgot about them. Until last summer. 
I caught some internet scuttlebutt about the monkey's 50th anniversary coming up in 2016. Good God Almighty, that can't be right, I thought. So I did what any sane middle-aged woman would do. I stalked any and all monkey's Facebook pages for confirmation. This stalking led to some serious YouTubing, which then led to major monkey's additions to my iTunes library, which now leads us to the aforementioned road trip. But first, who in the hell doesn't include Houston, Texas on their tour? The monkeys, that's who. Every other Yahoo makes a stop here, but not Mickey Dolan's and Peter Tour. Not to worry, though. Dallas is only a few short hours away. Would I ask my beloved and fabulous husband to accompany me? Nope. Only one travel companion would do. My sister, who was with me in the beginning of our monkeydom. Now let me stress our monkeydom, for we were not alive during the real beginning. We are nowhere near 50. Wink, wink. So to the road we took, making the compulsory stop at Bucky's for snacks and a loo break. Now, if you've never traveled Texas and dropped by Bucky's, I feel sorry for you. And I'm going to light a candle for you in the hopes that you can make it happen. We arrived at the Superfab Indigo Hotel in Dallas, changed our clothes, and shuttled to the venue. The Winspear Opera House is quite lovely, but I found there you must have a lid on your beverage policy a tad too strict, especially since they were the ones to serve me an unloaded beverage in the first place. Ah, well, the policy prevented me from spilling anything on my newly acquired Mickey Dolan's poncho, and it had been ages since I'd seen my sister chug beer, so it was totally worth it. We tossed our empty cups and were allowed to take our seats. And then it happened. Two of the three surviving monkeys hit the stage. They did not disappoint. The multimedia affair had me dancing in my seat and later dancing on my feet during the encore. My apologies to everyone seated behind me. I'm not a terribly demonstrative person, so on the rare occasion I moved beyond my control, I simply got to go with it. When it was all said and done, my sister and I proclaimed in unison, I don't want it to end. The fantastic show aside, a great deal of love existed in that room. Unlike other shows I've attended recently, there were no drunk, grabby women, like you might see at a Rick Springfield show, and no doofuses raging to security their right to bring a board game into the venue. That happened at a Duran Duran concert, and I've got the photos to prove it. We attended in order to have a good time, which is appropriate considering the Monkees' new album is entitled Good Times. So our lessons today, boys and girls, are as follows. Number one, the Monkees are awesome! Number two, see any and all of your favorite entertainers perform live. As this year has proven, they're not going to be around forever. Number three, road trip with your siblings. It's a great way to share a lot of laughs and gossip about other family members. And number four, never apologize for your nerdy tendencies. If you love a person, place, or thing so much that you're willing to don a costume or drive halfway across the Lone Star State just to bask in your definition of greatness, do it. And finally, to Mickey Dolans, you, sir, remain an unsurpassed vocalist and entertainer. Everyone who considers himself a performer should take a lesson or two from your playbook. To Peter Tork, I am a sucker for bedimpled, truth-seeking banjo pickers. The very thought of you makes me smile. Call me, please. To Michael Nesmith, you, my good man, are a badass. 
Although you're not participating in this tour, your stamp on the monkey's legacy is quite evident. Additionally, I loved your guest appearance on Portlandia. And to the spirit of the late, great David Jones, one of the few regrets I harbor is that I never had the good fortune of seeing you perform live. Rest assured, your spirit lives on, sir. For Zilch, Monkey's Podcast, this is Beth Newman, the Texas Prairie Chick. Bye, y'all. So that was Beth Newman, the Texas Prairie Chick, and we look forward to see what else is on her mind sometime. And uh, and here's a good friend of the show, Roseanne Welsh, and her book, which every Monkey's fan should check out, don't you think, Sarah? Absolutely. I'm still working through it. I've been kind of busy. There's this album and this Blu-ray and that kind of stuff that's been eating up a lot of my time, but I'm hoping to finish it up here in the next week or so, and then I'm hoping to bring Roseanne back on Zilch to talk more specifically about her book. Definitely. And, spoiler alert, she mentions Zilch, a monkey's podcast in it, so... How cool is that? I know. I flipped out when I saw that. So check this out. It'll tell you all about the book and where you can get it. Hi, fellow Zilch fans. This is Dr. Roseanne Welch, author of Why the Monkeys Matter, Teenagers, Television, and American Pop Culture, a book about the enduring significance of the monkeys as a groundbreaking television program, one that introduced audiences to new ideas of political ideology and new concepts of class and feminist theory a program that challenged the rules of a new medium and paved the way for future innovation. Why the Monkeys Matter highlights the artistic achievements of the show's writers, actors, directors, and other artists, and celebrates all that the monkeys mean to television, to American popular culture, and to us, the fans. Why the Monkeys Matter is available in print and for Kindle, Apple iBooks, and Nook from your favorite bookseller. Find out more at RoseanneWelch.com. R-O-S-A-N-N-E-W-E-L-C-H dot com. And you know, Sarah, this this next story is kind of fun. Jane Knight ran into Peter Tork, and, well, I'll let her tell the story. Hello. 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 And now joining us on the Zilch Hotline is good friend of the show, Jane Knight. Jane, you recently saw the monkeys. Where'd you see them? We saw them in Mayetta, Kansas at the Curry Band Casino. And you had a Zilch get-together, a Zilch fan-friend get-together there. Who Just name some of the people that were there. There were so many. Uh, we had Debbie Lang and Janet Reed, Aaron Jacobs. Pam Patrick was uh, handing out the Davy Jones flyers for his uh, horses. Yeah, for the Davy Jones Equine Foundation. Very cool. Yeah. And then later on, we met up with Jenna Wolke. Mm-hmm. He had texted you. Yeah. And you set us up. <laughs> so, that was fun. So along with handing out uh, flyers for the Davy Jones Memorial Equine Foundation, you guys also handed out some very cool zilch buttons. Yes, we did. We had a lot of fans. Now, people were wanting to know where I got it, and I told them that if they wanted one, they had to put me it. So. <laughs> well, thank you. And it was cool because we saw pictures of you guys in the zilch t-shirts and the stickers and your signs that you made. And was it Debbie Lang that made the sign? Yes, Debbie made the signs, and she brought some pink party hats, and um, I brought the buttons and some uh, glow bracelets so we stand out in the crowd. So she brought the sign, you bought the buttons. Who brought the chips, the dips, and the root beer? I think the monkeys did that. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
They brought and, the party. <laughs> yeah. And you also got to meet them as they came into the lobby and uh, see them as they were coming in, right? It was so funny. We had just checked into our room, and we were going out to get our luggage out of the car. And I looked over and saw a man getting luggage out of his car, and then I just kind of froze in my tracks. And it was Mickey and Coco and Donna. Yeah. Three great people, for sure. I told my daughter, I said, oh, my God, it's Mickey. And she yelled, (laughs) hi, Mickey. (laughs) He turned around and smiled and waved. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's what took her. She's the brave one. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And you met uh, a lot of the guys that play in the band? Yeah, we saw them running around in the casino. I got to say hi to Andrew. That was pretty awesome. And then the monkeys put on a great show, and a good time was had by all, and everybody went their individual ways and life was good you spent the night there right yes we did and the next morning and you know and it it kind of just points out how true the monkeys tv theme song was because you never know where they'll be found you got up and went for breakfast tell me this story because this is pretty cool okay debbie called me and wanted me to go eat breakfast with her and we were still all kind of getting ready from the night before and Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and went down with her, and we went to the buffet line, and we were sitting there eating, and Debbie kind of froze, and I said, what's wrong? She goes, here he comes. And I said, who? And she, I kind of stuck my head out from the booth and looked around the corner, and here comes Peter and Max, and we just kind of froze. We didn't know what to do. <laughs> and um, he saw my shirt. I had my monkey shirt on, and he kind of put his hand up over his face and said oh lord and walked by us <laughs> and they set him in the booth right next to us really and, and we didn't know what to do because we, we were talking about him of course and <laughs> he could hear us and so Debbie got up to go get more food that was her excuse anyway <laughs> and walked by the booth real slow and she said it was really nice because they were praying before breakfast so we thought that was really cool as we were leaving, I, I stopped right beside him and I said, Peter, I just want to say thank you so much for everything. And then I turned around and I said, may I take one picture? And he posed for me. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> that was very neat. Um, my daughter and my husband went to the other restaurant in the casino. And my daughter saw him and kind of squealed and said, Peter. And he let her give him a hug. And um, then she said, I don't have my camera or anything to write with. And he said, well, then you get another hug. So she got two (laughs) hugs. (laughs) That was sweet. And then my husband got to shake his hand. And he said, I saw you back in the 60s in Wichita. And he said, well, was your beard that long? If you've seen my husband, he's got a pretty long beard. (laughs) Well, that's very cool. Peter Tork for breakfast. I'm sure that there's some monkey fans out there that would not mind that. But it's very cool. He's very gracious to his fans. And it was just a really nice encounter that you had. It was. It was really special. The concert was wonderful. We wore our pink party hats. And when Mickey said the line, we all stood up. And Peter (laughs) pointed and laughed at us. (laughs) And um, at one point I yelled, I love you, Peter. And he said, I love you, too. (laughs) And then a couple later, a couple songs later, I said, I love you, Mickey. And Peter said, I love him, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, would you recommend that fans check out the Monkees on tour this year? Oh, I definitely would recommend it. I heard a lot of people saying it wouldn't be the same without Mike and Davey. But, you know, they were there in spirit and right. got to see them on the videos. 
So it's, we missed him, but it was a great concert anyway. So it's still a monkey's party. That's right. You oh. know, they were all so human and really nice to everyone. Yeah, very I cool. I got to talk to Coco too. So very sweet. That woman. was pretty cool. Well, Jane, I want to thank you for dropping by the Zilch hotline here in the, at Zilch headquarters, and we want to thank you for being a friend and a fan. I'm really glad you got to experience the Zilch fan gathering, and it's very cool that you guys were all able to do that. So hello to everybody that was part of that. I want to thank you for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to uh, say before you go? Well, I want to say thank you, Ken, and this is Jane Knight, and you're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. A trained professional, folks. There she is. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. We love you. Be good. Thank you, Ken. Peace and love. Bye-bye. <laughs> so that was kind of funny, having Peter Tork for breakfast. You know, it's it's kind of odd when you run into the monkeys in a real-life you know, setting. Yep. Ken, would you believe that I have also run into Peter Tork at breakfast? Wow, this seems to be a thing. Maybe he should start the Peter Tork Breakfast Club. There we go. Yes, it was uh, about, oh gosh, four years ago now. Bay City, Michigan, uh, for a Shoe Suede Blue show he was at. It was the first Shoe Suede Blue show I'd been in ages. Me and my friend Cindy were just sitting there eating our omelets, you know, chatting away about whatever. And then I, you know, take a big bite of my omelet and I happen to look up at the door and in strolls bed-headed Peter Tork looking very much in need of coffee and I'm like <laughs> this is my life now and I think it was sort of a harbinger because I sort of date from that moment everything that has gotten just weirder and more monkeys related in my life since then well to uh, paraphrase a phrase it's a monkey's world we just live in it so absolutely uh, <laughs> Maybe Peter should start a cooking show. Eggs a la Tork. There we go. I like that. There you go. And speaking of Peter Tork and the monkeys, they are back on tour. The Road Dogs this year, they are tearing it up. And they just played a huge festival up in Canada. And man, I saw this picture of Mickey jumping. Did you see that one? No, I missed it. Oh, there's this picture. Of, hold on a second. I'm going to send it to okay. you. Because it is like the... Oh, yeah. That does not look like a guy who's been performing since the mid-60s. That looks like a young guy up on stage, and we will post this picture for everyone to see, but I don't know who took this picture, but it's an amazing shot. It's yeah. Mickey looking like, uh, I don't know, David Lee Roth or Bon Jovi yeah. or something. He's just going for it, and he's uh, it looks like he's doing one of those things where they're going, that, at least that's what it looks like to me. But, you know, he's just in mid-flight, we'll say. so. Yes, it's awesome. All I can say is I really, really, really hope I have that much energy in my 70s. I wish I had that much now. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the time he did that, it, it took me just to think about standing up today. So anyway... Uh, and it's it's great seeing all the pictures and the video clips. And we'd also like to send a shout out to Baseman of the Monkeys, John Billings, because he takes some amazing shots on the road. He does like a little tour diary, if you will, of pictures, just shots from the road. And it's very cool. 
Yeah, if you don't follow him on Facebook, you should, because he's yeah. always always just these funny behind-the-scenes things, and you think the guys themselves are kind of wacky and zany. Think about the type of person that it, you would have to be to be able to play with them night after night after night, and that's what it seems like all the members of the backing band are like. Right, and, and we love them all. And we look forward to having John Billings and Dave Alexander on the show soon. We, we haven't had them on the show proper, so we, we hope to have them on very soon. In the not-too-distant future. Right. And it turns out that the Monkees are going to New Zealand. So this, this tour is getting bigger and bigger. It seems like every couple of days another date is announced and another date is added. So. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I Australia and New Zealand actually, and mm-hmm. I had this point of about thirty six hours where I was like, "Can I rationalize a trip to New Zealand?" Because I actually <laughs> have a lot of good internet friends who live over there, so it was like I could multitask. But then I sort of lied down and you know, kind of calmed down, and also thought about the fact that you know, I love my husband and I want my marriage to stay strong, and and, and your the job eventually and, passed. So. Yeah. But, uh, man, you Aussies and Kiwis are going to be in for a great show. Yep. Well, Peter Torg recently spoke to a DJ named Wallace Chapman. And here's Peter joining Wallace to talk about his career and the band's upcoming 50th anniversary tour to New Zealand. Well, you know the band, they've got a formidable arsenal of hits like Daydream Believer, I'm a Believer, Words, this year marked the 50th anniversary of the debut single, Last Train to Clarksville. Their sound influenced a generation of bands to come. And original monkeys, Mickey Dolans and Peter Talk, are coming to New Zealand for shows in Christchurch and Auckland. They've got a new album out this year called Good Times, that features a handful of songs written for the monkeys in the 1960s. Peter, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Wallace. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good, actually. Hey, can I start with the unreleased 60s Monkeys material? Because, what, did you find this in a vault somewhere? It must be pretty special to be able to release some new material. Oh, it's fabulous. Well, old material and new. Yeah. Uh, we, we are re-releasing this, a song that Davey sang of a Neil Diamond song. Uh, we are releasing uh, freshly an old Harry N- uh, Nielsen song that Mickey is singing duets with Harry on. So we have... Harry and, and Mickey double singing on uh, a song uh, Harry wrote called Good Times, hence the, the name of the album. Uh, we have um, so an old uh, Carol King track that I'm singing lead on. We have an old song that I wrote that we have never, the Monkees have never released that was going to be, uh, I wrote for Davy to be a, a sequel to I Want to Be Free, the beach sort of beach love song of Davy. And... Um, as well as new songs by uh, Ben Gibbard and uh, Rivers Cuomo and a couple of other uh, standout indip- uh, indie rock uh, authors who uh, who regard us as, as their forebears. So uh, things come full cycle for us all, and, and it's uh, it's very interesting. That's pretty exciting. Uh, revisit or not revisiting, but actually releasing for the first time. You know, some material that uh, uh, Peter you wrote, you know, way back in the day. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, I I must have written that in uh, oh I don't know sixty eight or something I suppose it's it's hard to believe that this is the fiftieth anniversary of the uh, of the monkeys because I didn't think I was going to live to be fifty uh, at one point in my life so you know this is great how how was that is that was that the sort of the uh, what do you call it the excesses I suppose of the of the late sixties early seventies Peter the, what was that word the sixties excesses. 
Hmm. I don't even know that. Drugs and sex and rock and roll. Oh, that. Oh, that. <laughs> well, I actually, uh, it wasn't that I thought uh, that the drugs and sex and rock and roll were going to take me away. I, it wasn't that. It was just that uh, I had no forethought or foresight past my 50, you know, 50 year. Okay, I'll live to be 50, maybe. Maybe I'll die before I'm 40. I don't, you know, I just didn't, it, I hardly gave it a second thought to have decided. But uh, no, sex and drugs and rock and roll, those, those were delightful. Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> hey, September the 8th, 1965, an ad is placed in the Hollywood Reporter for four insane boys. That's how the ad went. And that's, that's, right. that's how it all started. That's how the monkeys started. That's it. This, this was their idea. These uh, these two guys, Bert Schneider and Bob Rafelson, uh, had this idea, and uh, and they put the ad in the paper. Um, none of us saw it reading the Hollywood Reporter. Um, some kid told Michael about it. Michael's the only one who answered the ad directly. Uh, I uh, I had heard about it from a friend of mine. Uh, whose name, incidentally, was Stephen Stills. Stephen Stills? Uh, yes, yeah, Stephen Stills was... was a, It's an interesting story. Stephen was the kid who looked like me back in the Greenwich Village streets when we were young, folky hippies together. And um, he apparently ran across uh, one of the producers uh, at, at, privately, socially, and they got to talking, and the producer told Stephen... Um, well, look, uh, we think you're great. We'd love to have you, only I think maybe your hair and teeth wouldn't photograph very well. <laughs> Do you know anybody who looks like you, who has one-tenth your talent? And he thought of me instantly. <laughs> and um, and the rest is a history. Uh, Stephen, incidentally, had to settle for Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. He's never forgiven me. <laughs> Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. What an extraordinary story. Because you were a, you were a musician back then, weren't you? Well, you, 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 were, you started out as a musician. That's it. I thought uh, I thought I was one. Uh, I still think I'm one. I've just come to realize <laughs> I'm not a very good one. But I'm really a musician, so uh, that part's fine. Um, and, but, and I did, but I also was doing... Uh, theater. I was, uh, you know, the amateur theater in my hometown, uh, college theater. I was the player king in, in, a, in a production of Hamlet. Anon he strikes him, striking two shorted Greeks. His antique soul, rebellious to his arm, lies where it falls, repugnant to command. Scary, this, isn't it? This, the, monkey, the monkeys, this was actually a TV show first and a band second, wasn't it? It was actually the, the it was the show. I think you have to say so. Yeah, although I always uh, had hopes that we were a, uh, a cast of a TV show who could be a band, uh, and uh, uh, but and I do believe that the producers, although I think they knew that if the TV show didn't go, they had nothing, so the TV show had to come first, but. Every time they came to a junction where they could have some actor with no musical ability or a medium actor who could play music, they went for the second because they had hopes of the monkeys being a band of their own. You know, it's like we had uh, we had Pinocchio complexes and they had Geppetto complexes. <laughs> I, I, I recall you saying something quite interesting, actually. I think it might have been on BBC, but you say... Uh, look, you know, when people say the monkeys, people think of the band, but but when you think of the monkeys, it's not 
it wasn't just the four of you. It was a whole, a whole other cast of people involved. Absolutely, yeah. It very much started with the producers and then the makers of the TV show, and then the the, the team that helped us make the records originally made the records with us, but. Uh, after the second album, we were making our own records, but uh, but always with the help of great writers, and uh, you know we were culling the world for 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 great tunes from the from the get go, uh, and uh, some of them we wrote ourselves. There's a, a, a song that Mickey wrote that uh, uh, was called Randy Scouse Git in America, but called Alternate Title in the UK. Because uh, I, you know, you can't, say, you couldn't in those days say Randy Scouse get on the title of a pop record in the UK. So, uh, so they, they said you have to come up with an alternate title. So Mickey called it alternate title because he's just the kind of way he thinks. Hey, tell me, Peter. Uh, but that was a hit in England. Yeah. So we weren't dummies ourselves. You know, we we contributed a fair amount to uh, to our own records in terms of writing and so on. Yeah, the the the, the story of the monkeys uh, and the trajectory it's taken uh, over the years is quite a, is quite interesting, isn't it? Because at first it was considered. In fact, there was a bit of a backlash to monkeys. You know, I think Nesmith, Mike Nesmith said everybody in the press and in the hippie movement had got us in their targets window as being illegitimate and not worthy of consideration as a musical force or any kind of cultural force and yet you went on to have um, quite a bit of critical acclaim uh, uh, you know from other other musicians didn't you and other other people you know people like Noel Gallagher for example who I think is on your album latest That's album right. oh yes recently we've come into great favour uh, which is very gratifying, you know. I, I sometimes think that uh, great favor is a function of longevity only. <laughs> That's it. If you're still working, the people who, like, for whatever reason, uh, you know, withdrew from you, recoiled from you, uh, they're, they've softened their attitudes, they've gone on to other things, they've gone to re- on to recoil to other things, you know. Most of the people who sp- spent their energies recoiling were professional recoilers. That's what they did. They weren't recoiling to us. They were just mm-hmm. finding something to recoil to. And they're on to some other targets, you know, because God knows those people are still out there. And the people who are left are those people who uh, enjoyed it. They were doubtful at first, but now they look back and they see the long-term effect of what we were, what we were trying to do. The monkeys as a whole, I mean, not just the four of us, not just the band, of course, but as you said, it was a huge uh, uh, team, and we were just the front people. And at your peak in 1967, you sold more albums than the Beatles and the Rolling Stones combined. I I find that quite hard to believe, but is that the case? Well, I've been told the same as you. I think it was true for maybe about 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know, maybe three days or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it turns out that the Monkey's third album, Headquarters, was number one in the States for one week because Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came out <laughs> just then, and they knocked us out of the first, uh, out of the number one spot, and we... And we never climbed. The headquarters never climbed back up there. Yeah. Peter, so. did you did you ever meet the Beatles at all? Oh yes, yeah. I would say uh, Ringo. I would count Ringo as a friend of mine, not a profoundly close friend, but I, I, I'd say we were friends and friendly. I believe I was friends with George Harrison, uh, John, and Paul. You know, they were friendly to us, but uh, and Mickey counts Paul as a friend. 
but I don't. I, I haven't spent any time. I, I did meet him, mm. and we had a moment or two together. It was fun, and it was great to meet him and hang out. It's lovely to hang out with John, uh, but uh, we didn't find our paths crossing a lot. Uh, George and I crossed paths a fair amount, and uh, I see Ringo every, you know, once or twice a year now. Yeah. He comes to the States, and he does a show, and I go see him, and we fall into each other's arms and laugh about old times <laughs> and good times and new times and talk about life. It's yeah. great. I'm with uh, Peter Talk from uh, The Monkees. And speaking of the old times, I mean, Monkey Mania was really unleashed when that first episode of The Monkees debuted. What, if you if you think back to that time, what were your impressions uh, of that time of a young man and suddenly here you were, just uh, extraordinarily famous? Yeah. Well, uh, at one point I thought, after I'd been in it, I thought I could probably found a school for, uh, for famous people. Hmm. But then I realized that the things that drive a person to fame make it impossible for him or her to to ab- absorb uh, any kind of information, you know. I mean, you'll take a little business advice here and there, and if you're inclined, you might listen to somebody advising you on which song to sing and which one not to, and how to hold your head and how not to, but there is no way that somebody can help another person just coming up to know how to deal with fame because the reason that you shoot for fame is because you don't think that the individuals in your home life get you. They don't understand you. If they, if, so you, you, you do something and suddenly, you know, a hundred people suddenly are whooping and hollering and how great you are. And you think, oh my God, this is what I really want. <laughs> and suddenly this is the, you know, the siren call of fame draws you ever onward. And uh, it's, it's just not available to advice. Uh, it was scary and it was interesting and it was fun and it was not fun. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I have to say that if it hadn't been, I think if it had happened to me alone as an individual entertainer, I might not have survived it. Uh, the fact that I was in a group and that we were ensconced, as I said, in a in a large organization, I think these were the things that saved me. Yeah, you wonder sometimes, don't you, how people like Elvis or Michael Jackson copes with that similar, uh, you know, sort of flash of fame? Oh, I think we have we have our answer, yeah. and the answer is they didn't. Yeah. It's just that simple. You know, uh, um, Robin Williams couldn't cope. Ultimately, ultimately, uh, it, it, you know, it took him out. Uh, the number of entertainers who uh, enjoy that kind of success and then go on to live to old age is very few, very, very rare. You know, uh, the heroes of my age, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Janis Joplin, uh, Mama Cass Elliot, the fact that these people died early, partly sort of maybe almost self-imposed, uh, that, uh, these, that tells the story. Do you see yourself as a, as a bit of a survivor, Peter? I think I, I do see myself as a survivor. Um, I'm, uh, I was very lucky to find a, uh, a, a, I don't know how to characterize it, except that uh, it's a group of people through whom, with whom, with which I found a, a, a kind of a basic core set of values which now see me through. I didn't have them before, and uh, if you don't have them, you turn to drink and drugs 
and or chasing women, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll, all of which was to uh, to to compensate for the lack of a core. If I'd had this core before I came famous, I wouldn't have become famous. It was for lack of that core that sent me searching, you know, and trying to find it through fame and then through sex and drugs and rock and roll and then, you know, through whatever else there was. Um, and uh, uh, but now that I have it, uh, I am, uh, I'm, you know, I'm ready to see life through. I have no intent to da- endanger myself. I'm not doing anything riskier than touring, <laughs> which, <laughs> as we know, is plenty risky in and of itself. But I'm not doing drugs, and I'm not chasing uh, carnal pleasures or or any drugs. And uh, I am rocking. You are rocking. Well, Peter, I am rocking. Peter Talk from the Monkeys Safe Travels to New Zealand. It's a long way. It is indeed. Thank you, Wallace. It's been great talking to you. So the monkeys continue to tour, and hopefully we'll get this Blu-ray situation taken care of. We want to do a show proper about the Blu-ray and talk about the actual Blu-rays themselves and the packaging as well. So we look forward to doing that. Hit us up on all the social media things and check out Sarah's new podcast, Better Better Library library Leaders. Leaders. Better library leaders. You know, we should, we could have done it, you know, in song. One, two, three. Better library leaders. You didn't finish it with me. Better library leaders. And also check out Jeff and Craig's tricorder transmission and the color cast commentary will be returning soon. It, we kind of took a break because so much has been going on in the world of the monkeys. After all, it is the year of the monkeys. and But the color cast commentaries will be back. Have yes. no fear. Mm-hmm. All righty. So we will see you on the next episode of Zilch. Anything you want to say, Sarah? Nope. I think everything we wanted to say has already been said. All right. Well, let's dance on, shall we? Always. Click. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. <laughs> Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it, because I won't be able to get through this. Action. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. Gee, that's a neat button. What does it say? Let's go again. Tricorder transmission and the color cast commentary will be retune retuning. Okay, I'm gonna make up a song with you. Ready? We're gonna start with that. But you have to keep singing with me. This is an improv thing. Okay, ready? Yes, sir. Better library leaders like to have toast. You didn't follow me, see? You got to keep it up. That, that's an old improv thing we used to do where you, yeah. 
you start a song off and you act like, oh, this is our song, and then you, one person is just making it up and the other person tries to say the same thing. Can, can you do that thing when someone's talking and say what they say? It depends on the person. All right, talk. I'm going to try and do it with you. Okay. okay. We've got this new, new podcast, podcast called, called Better, Better Library, Library Leaders. Leaders. And... and if, if any, any of you, you are involved in the library, library world, world, I'd love I'd to have, have you. BetterLibraryLeaders.com And you can also find us on Facebook. <laughs> you are messed up, sir. I, I am that. I'm pretty good, though, huh? No, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, it really pisses everyone off that I live with. I can see that. Well, in monkey news, it's time for that. The box ship... Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> the box shipped? Yeah, the box shipped. Well, it did ship. The box set shipped. Sally sells seashores, and she sells the box sets down by the seashores. Anyway, seashores. <clears throat> we cannot save them from the sea. Dun, yes, dun. okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your singing. It's fine. It needed to be interrupted. No comment. She bring, you bring the summer, you bring the summer, and she makes me laugh. It are both on there. Awesome, and I also wait a second. Can I say that again? I sounded weird. You always sound weird. All but right. proceed. All right. Uh, Chris is going to microwave a pop tart, so. Okay. We'll, take well we a, have to stop for that. Well, just when it goes beep beep beep, I don't want to edit around the beep beep beep. No, that's fine by me. Yeah. Even in a. Even though we had the four original monkeys in our house from my aunts and uncles. God. You had the four original monkeys in the house? Wow, yeah. lucky you. And here is... <laughs> and here's a really cool... Once I do that, I'm hoping to bring Roseanne... Roseanne... And here's the monkeys live. And here's the monkeys fighting their way out of a knapsack. And here's the monkeys purchasing a burrito. <laughs> and on the newest box set, Peter Tork brushing his teeth at 2.30 in the afternoon. Yep, two minutes of unedited, unreleased footage remastered for Blu-ray. Right. Now this is not the old one that they used to have. This is a completely different tooth brushing. Yeah, you can tell because the toothbrush is purple instead of pink. Yeah, I guess it's teeth brush, not toothbrush, right? Toothbrush, teeth? You, you, you brush your teeth but with a toothbrush. Yes, I've never understood that, but, you know, you also park on a driveway and drive on a parkway, so... Yeah, and it's weird, like, you have a pair of underwear, but it's one thing. Mm-hmm. Now, a pair of socks I can understand. Right. Like, that's that's one thing. You know, because you've got a sock each, yeah. so that's a pair. But a pair yeah. of underwear is one pair, one one thing. I'm confused. I don't know. Like, you don't have a, a wool hat that, and say, this is my pair of wool hats. Well, you also don't have two heads. Speak for yourself. Hmm. And we've crossed the event horizon into just being loopy now. Yep. Aww. But it happens. 
Damn. They should periscope it or something. Have you um, heard of Periscope, where you can like watch shows live? Oh yeah. Now if you if you if you start doing a Periscope thing with the boobs, I'll you know this will <laughs> this this will be definitely taken out. I might put it in the blooper section. That's a whole other. I'm just gonna Periscope my boobs daily. <laughs> right, right boob is feeling happy today, but left boob is feeling sad. <laughs> is it okay if I put this in the bloopers? Yeah, I don't Okay, because at the end of the show, we, we put, like, bloopers. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I okay, excellent. Uh. <laughs> I love interviewing you. You're, you're a trip. Thank you. Uh, well, if you do take a picker, uh, uh, take... Blah, 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 blah. This is what, yeah, this is what editing's for. Um, <laughs> if you, if, if... Blah, blah, blah.